Welcome everyone to the Inspirational Businesswoman Show. I'm so pleased to be here with our very special guest, Sharice Alexander. We'll be getting her interview started in just a minute. But first, I want to pay attention to you, the viewer, and say thank you for being here because I know your time is valuable. But it is my passion to provide you, the entrepreneur, with a goldmine of inspirational tips, strategies, and advice to help you grow your business from inspirational business women in the know. And as I said, we have a fabulous guest here today. We're going to be talking about creating profitable partnerships from scratch, as I said, featuring Sharice Alexander. Now, before we get started, it would be wonderful if you would help spread the word. If you know someone who would be interested in this topic on creating profitable partnerships, would you go ahead and let other people know? Just click that share button or however you can help spread the word. You can do that while I play the intro video for you and we'll be getting started in just a moment. So here we go. you can see this is going to be a powerhouse interview with Cherie. So I hope you've gone ahead and let people know what you're taking advantage of because I know there's lots of other people out there that could really benefit by Cherie's expertise. Now before we get started I need to tell you that today's show is sponsored by hangout-marketing.com where you can receive a complimentary live stream marketing assessment. And why might you want to take that? Well, First of all, it only takes a couple minutes and it's going to give you ideas around how you can shine online using live stream. And you might even qualify for a complimentary shine strategy session with me. So take advantage of it by texting pound success to 775-800-4179 or if you're out of the country, just go to hangout-marketing.com and I'll look forward to getting together with you to help you increase your visibility and shine online. All right, let's get started with Sharice. Now, Sharice is a business marketing coach and don't we all as entrepreneurs need support around that topic? So she's going to discuss, as I said, creating profitable partnerships from scratch. The first subtopic we're going to be touching on is the number one mistake entrepreneurs make 
when networking. And oh, networking is so important to the growth of your business. So I can't wait to hear that from Sharice. We're also going to learn how stressful times can truly make or break you. And we all know we've been in an unprecedented time with stress from multiple sources. So this is going to be very important so that you start to learn how you can overcome these challenges and continue to grow your business. Finally, we're going to talk about what makes potential partners want to work with you. And the key here is want. And so Sharice has got some great ideas for you, some wonderful strategies that I hope you're going to find are powerful and and for you, something you want to act on right away. Because you know, my passion is to inspire you to take action on all of the shows that we have, because every one of the experts I interview has such powerful strategies and tips, and Sharice is right there with them. So Sharice, go ahead, unmute yourself, and say hi to our audience, won't you? Hi, everybody. So excited to be here, Virginia. I love having you because I think networking and partnering is something that maybe ends up on the back burner for a lot of entrepreneurs. You know, they, they start with, oh, I'm going to build a business, right? And then they think about all the things that are on their to-do list to build a business. And probably partnering is not on the top of their to-do list. So I'm so thrilled to have you here. Before we get started, or as we get started, I think is the better term. I know that our viewers would love to hear a little bit about your background story because all of us do have challenges, but oftentimes these challenges lead us to where we need to be. So I know you have a defining moment you're going to share with everyone. So go ahead and take the stage. <laughs> okay. Um, so I was pretty awkward in high school, and I think a lot of people can relate to that, feeling kind of awkward in high school. And it wasn't until I got to college where I learned that social skills were actually a skill. One of my best friends signed me up for like a college fair info booth where we were supposed to stand there and meet new people and pass out flyers. And uh, and I, and being an introvert, I just was so mad. I was like, what were you thinking? Why would you sign me up for this? And she is an extrovert, so she was like, it's going to be fun, we can meet new people. So I decided to stand at the information booth with my arms crossed the whole time, <laughs> and I would pass out flyers as people came and asked for them, but with no words. I would just say, here, like as they walked up, I just passed them <laughs> and just sat there quietly and like stared at the, stared at the table, being really miserable. And then um, a guy who was sitting next to me, I'll never forget, his name's Mike. When a, when a student would walk up, he would say, hi, I'm Mike, what's your name? What, what's your major? And have this great conversation with them. And so after watching him do that a couple times, I was like, hmm, let's see if that'll work for me. So the next person walked up and I said, hi, I'm Sharice, what's your name? What's your major? I did exactly what he did. I copied his body movements, his handshake and everything else. And I started getting the same results he was getting. And that just blew my mind. I was like, wait a minute, social skills are a skill like learning to tie your shoe or speak Spanish. This is something people can learn. I had no idea. I just thought you were born with it or you weren't. And I wasn't, and I was a scientist. So I thought, ah, I don't really need people anyways. I'm gonna be toiling away in the lab by myself. I don't really need this whole social skills thing. Um, and I quickly learned like, oh my gosh, this is just, this is a skill like any other skill. This is just something you learn. And so that kind of set me on this 
15 year journey of understanding human dynamics and how people work together and all of this stuff. But that was kind of a, a passion project. In the foreground, I, I was a scientist, I'm still a scientist. Um, and I went on to graduate school in New York City. And my goal since I was 10 years old was to save the world. I was gonna get a Nobel prize. I was going to, when I was 10 years old, I told my dad, I'm gonna find the cure for AIDS. And then I was like, nah, they'll have a cure by the time I'm grown. You know, so I was, I was in graduate school. I was getting my PhD in medical microbiology. So I'm a germ expert. And I, this was something I'd been wanting since I was 10. So here I am, I find myself in this position as a 20 something year old. And I'm looking around and I'm thinking, this is not actually what I want. The work that I'm doing, which was amazing, it's kind of like a brick in a castle. And that's kind of what science is sometimes. Your knowledge is a piece of a bigger puzzle. And you might not see the impact of that knowledge in your lifetime. It may take years and years, hundreds of years after you're gone before what you've done makes a difference. And so I just felt like I want more of an impact and I wanted a more immediate impact. So I went on this journey, as my mother calls it, to find myself, to figure out how I could have more impact on the world. Unfortunately, it was the worst possible time to go and find myself. It was the 2008 recession. And so oh, yeah. I couldn't get a job anywhere, Virginia, like not McDonald's, not Starbucks, nowhere. All those places where they will hire you, they will hire anybody because there's just such a need. There was no need. There was no, no need, need for a scientist. Huh? <laughs> no need, no need for a scientist. None at all. Surprise, surprise. So, um, I was kind of like, man, what do I do? And at the time I was living in New York City because that's where I went for school, even though I'm a California girl. So I was out there with no family and no, no strong connections because I had sacrificed a lot of connection time for my career, for, for these achievements, for me winning the Nobel Prize and saving the world. I'd spent a lot of time studying and, and researching and being in the lab. So here I am, can't get a job. I ended up getting evicted. I ended up living in a truck in a blizzard because it's New York City and it, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I ultimately ended up in a, in a homeless shelter. And one night I was just laying there, on, laying on this bloody cot in this warehouse that was converted into a shelter. And it wasn't my blood, by the way. So that just kind of tells you what, what this looks like. It's the dead of winter. I'm in this warehouse in a little cubicle with cots all over the place. And I'm boohoo crying like ugly crying, like when the snot comes out and you like can't catch your breath. Like, it, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't. It's really not laughable. I don't mean to laugh. No. Like that. I know you've come through it beautifully. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny now. It wasn't funny no, then. No. There was no laughs then. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just, you know, I'm sitting there and um, I literally felt like my mind slipping away. You know, people say that phrase that you're, you're losing your mind. It felt like my mind was being lost. And I had a really strong conversation with myself. And I just said, you know, you can choose right now. I was 26 years old. You can choose if you want to let this break you and end up spending the rest of your life in this place. Because I could tell from looking around, there were other women in that shelter who you could just tell had been here for a while. Like this was their home. They had settled in. This is their, this is where their life is going to stop. And I made it, I said, you have the decision. You could make that decision. And as a 26 year old, you can say, this is it. This is going to be the rest of my life. Or you can say, this is as low as you're ever going to get. You will never get this low again. Mm. And you can only go up from here. And it's your choice to create the life that you want. So 
thankfully I chose the latter, you know, through tears. I was like, okay, this, I'm going to make a change, you know? And, and it was no fault of my own that it ended up there, but it felt like my fault, right? It yeah. felt, there was just a lot of, a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, a lot of stuff mm. that I'm, I know that your listeners, that you guys who are listening and watching this right now, some of you are experiencing this with this current crisis. Some of you guys are experiencing new situations you weren't in before, yeah. new needs you didn't have before. And it can feel shaming and it can feel humiliating. Like Definitely. I did something wrong. How did I mess up my life this way? When really sometimes life is just out of your control. But that's an aside. So as I'm laying there thinking, okay, I need to make a change. I realized on my deathbed, I'm not going to look around on the walls and ask myself, man, I w you know, could I have gotten just one more degree on the wall? You know, I'm not going to regret not having more degrees, not having more achievements. But what I would regret is looking around and having no one around my deathbed that's going to miss me, having no one at my funeral because I didn't make connections a priority. And so that was really a defining moment in my life where I really made a shift from focusing on achievement alone to focusing on connection. And so that's why I do what I do now. I'm a business networking coach. I help entrepreneurs connect with potential partners, mentors, clients, influencers, in an authentic way, because I really truly believe that connection is the most important thing we could ever invest our lives and our time in. That's our most precious asset because an achievement's not really that great if there's no one to share it with. Yeah. Okay. So I think we've got a pack your bag moment right here. And I use that often in my interviews because I want you to say, if I heard nothing else from this interview, I have one thing I can pack my bag and go home and I will be enriched by watching this and hearing your words. And that is the value and importance of connections. And it took you going to the lowest of your lows, the depth of your despair, to realize, first of all, you have a choice as to whether or not you continue to stay there. But second of all, and the most important defining moment for you was that you realized that connections were more important than achievement. Now, the beautiful thing about connections that I know you're going to get into is that having really sincere, genuine connections is really the foundation of your achieving things. Would you agree with that? I would. It's it's in it's kind of counterintuitive, but Focusing on other people's success is the fastest way for you to become successful. It's a little weird, but yeah, it's true. I would completely agree with Virginia. No, it's not weird. I think we're already realizing this right now, Sharice, is here we've been in a confined environment for the last several months going through the COVID experience. Um, the, I almost call it the COVID lifestyle. And people are realizing the importance of connections for overall health and well-being. And we've been when we've been separated by so many of these. I mean, I just say thank God that we do have the technology we have today. But when I think back, even ten years ago, I've been doing this probably eight years. We didn't have these tools to connect. We did have the phone, but we didn't have these tools where we could look each other in the eye and and you know sit down and have a little hangout time. Um, and it was electronic and it was also available to us for free. So things have changed a lot, but still, I think you would agree that there is nothing that takes the place 
of a, a good old fashioned hug or handshake connection. And that's how you and I connected, isn't it? Right yeah. before everything shut down, you and I connected physically. And I just think the value of that is super, super important. So let's get into the topics you want to share with us around this whole concept of, of partnerships and profitable partnerships so that you can take those connections and actually, you know, monetize them. But the thing, I don't want to go into monetization to the point that we don't just appreciate the pure, unadulterated value of making a, a sincere, genuine connection. So given that, let's talk about the first topic. What is the number one mistake that you have found that entrepreneurs make around partnering? Isn't it around partnering? Oh, when networking, same thing. When networking, yes, you start thing. by networking. All yeah, right, so thing. let's hear your point of view on that one. Okay, so the number one mistake that I see when entrepreneurs attempt networking is having a me first mentality. And you guys have all experienced this, where I'm sure, where you've been at a meeting, a networking event, a conference, and there's that one person who's just going around kind of passing out their business card to everybody with a face. And they're like, check out my business, check out my business, check out my business, check out my business. And how does that feel? Like, remember the last time that happened to you? How did you feel receiving that business card? Were you feeling like, wow, this business card is really special and I think I need to call this person right away? Or were you like, eh, trash, right? Probably the latter. And that's because it feels spammy. And honestly, it is spammy. Whenever we're approaching other people with a me first mentality, like what can you do for me or what can I get out of this from you? It feels spammy. People can feel that. And so that's a big mistake I see with well-meaning people they go into a situation where they're trying to talk about their business and, and talk about what they're passionate about, but it comes across really spammy because they don't even know if the other person is interested in that topic yet. Right. So here's kind of, would you agree with that, Virginia? Have you experienced that before where people are like, hi, Virginia, buy my thing, buy my thing, take oh, my yeah. card. And, and it's just that they haven't, it's sort of like you hadn't been shown how to connect with people early on from that college experience until someone showed you that it was actually very easy to connect with someone when you just show a genuine interest. And so introducing yourself and then saying, you know, what is your name and, you know, where are you in school and that kind of thing makes people let their guard down, I would think. And as a result, now you're starting to build that connection. So no, I don't want anyone uh, spamming me. Sometimes we used to <laughs> use the term throw up on people, <laughs> which does the same thing, you know, pushes them away. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. We don't want we don't want spam or throwing up of the spam. Keep it all to yourself. That's when sharing is not caring. Right. Um, yeah. So. So that's a, that's a big mistake that I see people doing when they're new at networking. They're thinking, oh gosh, I hate networking. It's so awkward. I'm just going to go pass out a bunch of business cards. And then they're surprised that there's no result from that. There's no ROI. There's no return on investment. No one called them back. They didn't have any appointments. And that's because they didn't connect at a human level. And it's so interesting what you just said, Virginia, because when we first meet somebody, we almost don't even care about their name until we see that they're genuinely interested in us. It's, it's really, it's, it's kind Big of a mistake. It's a, it's a survival of the species type of thing. When yeah. you first meet someone, you're kind of evaluating friend, foe, you know, what kind of person is this? Mm. And so if in those first few seconds, they're like, buy my thing, buy my, you know, then you're like, okay, they're a foe. Let's back up. This is not a good decision. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of a, and then some people take that next step where they say, okay, 
I know that approaching someone and telling them about my business first is not cool. It's spammy. So I am going to ask them some questions just so that they'll ask me about my business. That's just like sideways spammy. That's the same, that's the same kind of thing. And I mean, I do teach, I do teach my clients to try to find common ground mm -hmm. um, and things you guys can both talk about. And of course your business is going to come up because it's probably something you're super passionate about and that's right. appropriate. Um, but I, I'm sure you, and Virginia, you've probably felt this too. You know, when you're on the phone with somebody and, and they're like, so um, how are you? But you could, you could hear it in their voice that they're asking just so you could ask how they're doing. And then you kind of almost don't want to answer because you're like, um, do you want to hear it or not? So it's the same thing in business. If you are not genuinely interested in the other person, you can't really expect them to be genuinely interested in anything you have to say. Yeah. And I would say that part of what you're getting at is that you need to take the time and you need to step back and get out of your own way as far as you know, how you feel. You know, you're, If your objective at a networking event is to meet a lot of people and get uh, get a lot of cards into people's hands. You know, I hardly ever even use business cards anymore. I actually have a digital business card. I prefer if people want to connect with me. But if you're if you're just how many people can I get this card in the hands of? I agree with you. They're going to be tossed, and it's because you haven't taken the time. And as you say, maybe you haven't made the effort to learn someone's name. I'm of the a belief that I will learn your name uh, by embarrassing myself because so often I hear the name and then we get talking and then I drop the name because I haven't used it in a sentence a couple of times as an example. And I have just made myself say, I'm so sorry, what was your name again? Because I think knowing someone's name is giving them a sense of value. If you cannot remember someone's name, it's as though you don't value them. Am I on to something there? Oh, I completely <laughs> agree. And I love that. I do that as well. I ask people to remind me of their names because it's understandable if you don't remember it. And the last thing you want to do is have long conversations with somebody over and over and you forgot their name from like before. And then you keep having more conversations and then you have to get a friend to kind of ask them what their name is so you could figure out their name. Yeah, you don't want to be in that situation. It's really easy just to say, remind me one more time, what's your name? Um, you can even say that at the end of your conversation as you're walking away. Remind me one more time, what's your name? And it's very polite. It's it's not, it doesn't, it's not, I don't think it's embarrassing at all. Um, and I think it really honors the other person because it shows that you're making an effort to learn their name. Yeah, that's been my approach to it is that I just really want them to know I do care enough to know their name and to remember their name. Um, but when we, of course, get into conversation, and this is where I think it's so important, again, taking the time is beneficial to everyone because when someone genuinely genuinely asks you about what they're passionate about or some aspect of their life and you listen rather than thinking about what's the next thing you're going to say it it turns into a real conversation um, which is what you were talking about is connecting so I love it so do you have any other than our sort of talking back and forth, do you have any other tips for people around this idea that you don't want to think of the me first mentality? Anything else you want to fill in the blanks there? Yeah, um, I have I, I have a lot of content about this exact thing of like <laughs> just meeting one person. So I'm trying to like pare it down to something that is just really tactical right now. Yeah. I would say um, that when you go into one of these network, networking situations, it's a 
it's an environment where everyone is expected to talk about their business. There are a few questions that people are going to ask as a standard, and you can feel free to use those. So what's your business about? Why did you start it? How long have you been in it? Feel free to use those questions. I would encourage you to only use the questions that you actually care about the answers for, because that also comes across. So one of the things that I love to ask is I love to ask, what are you excited about in your business? Because I don't necessarily care about how long someone has been in business. Has it been three months? Has it been 17 years? Mm -hmm. uh, that that date, those facts, I'm not a big history person. Mm -hmm. So those dates and facts and stuff, I'm kind of like, eh, yeah. what does that have to do with now? So when I ask a question of what are you excited about that's coming up in your business, that's a topic that I personally love whenever anyone talks about it. Because if they're excited, then I get excited. Yeah. And then it kind of feeds off of each other. Yeah. So I kind of like to ask questions like that when you're first meeting, um, along with kind of the standard ones, and have have an answer ready for those, because those are just kind of kind of like, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Like, those mm -hmm. are standard questions. Mm -hmm. But um, I would say, ask, what are they excited about in their business? And then as they're talking, try to find common ground. And maybe you don't have common ground in your business, right? Like, maybe your businesses are not complementary. You don't serve the same kind of people. Um, and that's fine, but those keep, but let's say you just connect with them. Like there's just something about them, their value, their personality, their energy, who knows what, but there's something about them that you're like, oh my gosh, I love this person. Well, I call those people X factors. They're not clearly clients. They're not clearly partners. They're not clearly mentors. They're not necessarily influencers, but they're just really cool people doing cool things that you need in your life. So feel free to just geek out with them about whatever topic you're on. You don't have to stay on business. And I think that's another thing that adds a dimension to relationships is when you can bring in something kind of unexpected in that situation. Powerful, powerful tips. So you see already how many tips you have and strategies that you can take home for your next conversation. And, you know, I think the other thing to keep in mind when you're having these kind of conversations is you may not be a fit, but we all have a sphere of influence. We all have you know, hundreds of people that we know. So you still may be able to, you listen with the idea of how can I help support this person in some way or another? And they're going to really appreciate that because you might say, you know, I love what you're doing. I can tell you really care about it. I know someone who really might love to connect with you. So it isn't necessarily, is it about a partner for you, but it's about who you can help someone else connect with. Am I on track there? Exactly. <laughs> that and that's what give first is all about. Is that you are you're not you're not doing a me first, you're doing a you first. And even if that means you don't specifically benefit because you're connecting this person with another person, that adds tremendous value. Every time I've done that, people have been so appreciative of just that ability to connect with someone they didn't see before. That would be a good fit. So yeah, that's a huge way to add value. Fabulous. Okay, so there's hot topic number one. Hot topic number two we're going to talk about is stress, something that we have all been experiencing sort of in a unique way right now. But stress is part of life, isn't it? But how can stressful times make or break you? And I'm just going to preface this with, it sounds like the depth of your despair, that stress basically made you because of the decisions that you made. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and let's expand on that topic. Yeah. So when it comes to a stressful time, like we're in right now, this is when I feel like your true colors really show. I think a lot of us want to think of ourselves as, as heroes, as valiant, as brave, that we would rise to the occasion if it happened. I know I feel like that whenever I watch a Marvel movie, 
I just think like, oh, if I was if I was there, I, I would hope that I would stand up to Thanos or whatever it may be. Um, and even though we, we, we want to be that kind of person, it's actually in adversity. In moments like this right now, when we find out what kind of person we really are, because our kind of our, the cracks in our armor start to show when, when stress is applied. And you know what? That's a good thing. Regardless of what you see, it's a good thing because this is the time for you to make a choice about what kind of person you want to be. So when I was laying there in that warehouse on that bloody cot, I made a choice about the type of person I wanted to be. I wanted to be the type of person who created my future, who created my reality. And that took time. That took effort. I was I was in a homeless shelter for 18 months. Mm. So it wasn't like I just woke up the next day and everything was fine and everything was back to normal. I mean, that's kind of similar to what's going on right now with this coronavirus situation. Yeah. We're not going to wake up tomorrow and it's all better. This is going to take time. But use that time to help you grow as a person, to decide what kind of person you're going to be and to start acting like that. And here's where it comes into play when it comes to business and specifically connections. This is the time to double down on your relationships. This is the time. It's really easy to say, oh, you know, social distancing and I can't really. And so I guess I'll just. But this is the time when people are home, when people potentially have more ability to focus um, maybe they don't because there's babies crawling on their head and everything else, but <laughs> some people potentially have more time to focus. So this is the time to double down on relationships, on warming up those old contacts that you haven't talked to in a while, on meeting new people that are now home and available for you who would normally be flying all around the world. Um, and using this stress to say, you know what, this can be really hard on me and I'm the type of person who can handle it. Or I'm the type of person who still takes action even when I'm stressed. And I'm not going to tell you what type of person you have to be, but what a blessing that we can choose what type of person we want to be and start to live into that. It's really awesome. Totally awesome. So yeah. And there are different kinds of stress too. Uh, I've heard the term use stress, which is right. something that, you know, actually is a, a positive in your life, but you're really talking more about the distress type yes. of stress where you really, you have to make a decision and you know, it just might have been for you at that point in that in your life that you needed 18 months in that shelter to make the move, to make the bold move that you needed to make at what I think you said 26 to yeah. turn your life around. Because you knew you already knew that you had the foundation for a brilliant life and to make a huge contribution. So it wasn't about that you didn't care about doing that. It was that for whatever reason you had to put yourself in that position. Or I wouldn't say you put yourself, circumstances led you to that position. And from there, you had to finally sit up and say, you know, in your depth of despair, I have got to make a different decision, all based on some very severe stress. So in that case, it didn't break you, it made you. And that's exactly. really the point that you're making that I think is just mm -hmm. so very valuable. Uh, I, I feel like all of us, in a way, I've got to go to the next scene here. I feel like all of us, in a way, right now, have experienced, even though it's, it's been extreme, when you put it into perspective, the stress that we've been experiencing during this time of having to shelter in place um, is nothing compared to what people went through, for instance, during World War II, when, you know, they didn't know when the next air raid was coming or, you know, when they, you know, the problem with the Nazis. I mean, it's all relative, isn't it, as well, on how you deal with stress, because a, a situation can be 
so, so hard on you. Mm -hmm. And yet when you step back and look at it in the bigger picture of things, it's just a phase you're in and you can choose, as you say, to buckle under it or you can choose to use that as a springboard to moving to the next level in your life. So is that where you're getting to? Yeah. And and one thing I want to add on to that is that you know, sometimes circumstances happen that are beyond our control. And I definitely don't want to minimize what anybody is going through because I don't know what you're going through. When Let me tell you, when I became homeless, it was two days before I started teaching as a professor of microbiology. Mm. So I had just gotten a job in the middle of a hiring freeze and a recession and all of this. I had gotten a job. This was year, this was two years later. Okay. Mm -hmm. This was 2010 that I got this job, 2008 that I was homeless. So 2010, I get this job as a professor and I'm, you know, I'm going to the, I'm going to teach at a college in the daytime and I'm going back to a homeless shelter at night. And it's very, it's just, a, it's a, so all I have to say is looking at me as a professor, as a 26 year old professor who looked like I was 12, <laughs> um, you would have no idea what I was going through, yeah. right? You would have yeah. no idea just by looking, you just couldn't tell. And, and trust me, I wasn't telling anybody because I was so ashamed and so embarrassed but what I want to highlight is that it's not about the size of the, the stress that you're facing or the size of the problem or the size of your feelings, however big those might be, but it's about choosing to take action in the things you can control. Because in every situation, there is something you can control. There's something. And even though a lot of life is not in our control, there are a lot of things that we can control. We can control, control what we focus on. We can control what we decide to create in our lives. We have control over, we can control what we wear most of the time. So, you know, taking control where you can, can really help um, decrease some of that stress of feeling like the world's coming against you and help you take back your power. Oh, you said it beautifully, Sharice, you really did. And you're right. No one can know unless they walk in their path exactly what the stress is that someone is experiencing or the challenges they're experiencing. So I wasn't meaning to minimize that only to put things in further perspective as far as what challenges so many people have faced in their lifetime. Absolutely. And I don't think you minimized it. I think you brought, you highlighted it. The fact that stress is that crazy things have been happening. Crazy things are happening and spoiler alert, crazy things are going to happen. They are. Oh gosh. Okay. So now let's talk about attracting potential partners and how you can do this in a way that that they they are attracted to you. They they really want to work with you. They see that there's some way of collaborating. And I know you're going to have some juicy tips on that topic. Okay. So attracting partners to you. There are a couple of steps, but Probably the the most important factor is something that I've already said before, which was to have that give first mentality. When people see you as a giver, it's just really attractive. When people see you as someone who genuinely cares, that is so meaningful. And a way to show that you genuinely care is to actually listen, to actually listen when people are talking to you. That's a really simple way to do it when you're out networking, um, to just hear what they have to say and even repeat it back to them to show that you, you're hearing what they're saying. That's so valuable because a lot of people listen, but they don't hear, you know, like there's sounds coming in, but they're yeah. not actually, do you know what I mean, Virginia? Oh, by totally. that, that phrase? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. their head is someplace else or thinking about what they're going to say next. And that's not listening. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's, and that's not listening. And, yeah. and people, 
are used to that. So it's not, I'm not condemning it. That's just the normal. Mm -hmm. But what I'm suggesting is you be extraordinary, be different from the normal. And then that's, what's going to make you stand out. Let me give you an example of how I did this in a previous, uh, in a challenge I just did last month. So I did a five day Facebook challenge where there's a lot of challenges going on right now because people have the time to do them. Um, and this challenge was put on by my mentor and friend, Jay Fassett, who is the founder of JVology. And he's actually the reason why Virginia and I met. We met yeah. at Jay Fassett's JVology Live. Yeah. Um, so he had a challenge in his Facebook group called um, the JV Jumpstart Challenge, five partners in five days, okay? So the idea is that you go into this challenge, this group, and there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in this challenge. And um, each day there's different activities. And by the end of it, you're kind of making connections with these people to make, uh, to get on phone calls with them and to see how you can partner together. Well, when I was in the group each day, we had an assignment and you would answer the assignment on a post. Now, what most people did is they did the assignment, they came into the group, they answered the assignment on a post, and that was it. What I did was I came in, I did the assignment, I answered it on the post, and then I went back and I commented on other people's posts. I would like them or comment them, comment on them or give them a suggestion. Or, this was the big thing I did, is if I saw someone said, I'm looking for someone who does Facebook ads, and then a few posts later someone says, I'm an expert in Facebook ads, I would just tag them. I would say, hey, is this the person you're looking for? And I would just go through and just connect people because it took me, I don't know, five extra minutes mm -hmm. to just go through and say, oh, hey, I just read this, that you're looking for this person. They're over here. And I just went and I tagged people. So well, I'm going to interrupt you for just oh, a moment. Yeah. Hold that thought mm -hmm. because I think it's really important that we point out what you did differently. Although you did just say it, but what it gets back to what we talked about in the first topic, you took the time. You listened, you took the time, and you paid attention so that by the time you were getting to the point where people said they were looking for someone or something in a certain area, you had already taken the time and had a spot in your brain that you had placed those people in. So the, you did more than most people do in a challenge. And I, I want to give you kudos for that because you made the challenge more valuable for yourself and for the people who are also in the challenge that you managed to connect. Kudos. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It was really amazing the results that I got from this, which is why I'm sharing this story. That little bit of time, like Virginia just said, it did take me more time than if I just posted my thing and then left, which would have been much easier. But it didn't take me that much more time to just go through and tag a few people. Um, and I had a few people I had invited to the challenge. So whenever I saw someone who was a good fit for them, I just tagged them. It, it didn't take that much more time. But what it ended up looking like to the group was on a post with 1,100 comments, it looked like I had responded to every single one, which wasn't true. But it just looked like it because I took more time than everyone else. I did like 10% more than mm -hmm. what everyone else was doing. And so it appeared as if I was just everywhere and connecting everyone and all of this stuff. I got so many accolades. And at the end of the five-day challenge, just from me doing that each day, Instead of me coming out with five partners, which was the promise, I had 25 people lined up wanting to talk to me because of my interaction in the group. I got five times all. the results yeah. that other people got from yeah. not that much more effort. I had about 12. So you had twice as many as I did. So the difference in effort shows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The second time I did it. Because uh, they did a back-to-back -back challenge. Um, so they did a surprise challenge. Oh, okay. And the second time I did it, I was in the middle of a launch. So I, I, 
I posted and did nothing else. Yeah. Right. So, so that was the thing that I said, you know, don't do if you can, if you can avoid it. So I posted and did nothing else. And I got five people. So I still got the five people that was promised, but look at the yeah. difference, 25 and five. Yeah. And these are people that you didn't know, correct? Because correct. So when, you, when you're talking about how to create profitable partnerships from scratch, this is it. This is really what you're talking about, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. I didn't know any, yeah, I didn't know any of these people. Yeah. But at the end of the first challenge, when I actually participated, um, and so many people who were like, I actually had several phone calls with people who did not be, end up being a good fit for potential um, clients or partners, like directly, mm -hmm. but certainly people who are referral partners or want to send other people to me just because they saw that I was a giver. Mm -hmm. And literally on the phone call, they would say, I, I don't even have anything to talk about. I just thought you were a cool person and I really wanted to meet you. So that's why I made an appointment on your calendar. So yeah, I mean, but now, but now, even if they didn't have anything to talk about, I'm sure when you talk to them, you use the same strategies you were just talking about as far as tell me something that you're doing that you're really excited about in your business. Because everyone mm -hmm. loves to really talk about themselves. I remember years ago, I think it was Barbara Walters said, you know, the key to being a, a good interviewer is being interested in what someone else says. And if you're interested, they get excited because they get to talk about themselves. <laughs> yeah. And they have permission to talk about yeah. themselves. Yeah. Because most people don't really listen when you when they ask you. Right. So let's say, Virginia, tell me about your business. And then you start talking and they just hear wah, 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 wah. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, I'm done talking about this because you're not really into it versus someone who's like, oh, and what else do you, oh my gosh, and then what else? And you're yeah. just like, oh, oh, wait, you're, you want to hear this? Oh, well, I would love to talk more about it. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. And at the end of my calls, I would just say like, okay, you're, you're working on this, this, and this. I think that's really cool. I can already think of someone to connect you with. I'm going to go do that right now. Yeah. What I didn't do was I didn't say, let me know if there's any way I can help you. Cause that puts it on the other person to try to think of what you could do when they don't know. Like it's, that's something that people do where they also kind of like mm -hmm. drop the ball right at the field goal. I don't know why I use a ah. sport analogy. Cause I don't even know if that's <laughs> correct, but you know, they, they like, they drop the ball no, like, on, right the one, the on the one yard line. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I meant to say. They drop the, they drop the ball on the one yard line yeah. because they, they, they've taken the time. They've, started to build this relationship, they have a meeting or a call or a phone, you know, an appointment. And then at the end they go, okay, well, let me know if there's anything I can do. Well, now they have to think about that and then get back. They're just not going to do that. And that doesn't come across as helpful. It actually adds a little more stress to their day because it's like one more thing on the list. It Instead, feels like, it feels like a fumble. <laughs> so it ooh, feels like yeah. with another sports analogy yeah. that I sort of get. <laughs> yes. It's like a fumble yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, ah, come on. Yeah. Um, so if you, yeah, so if you just do that of like, do that give first and say, oh, here's what I can do for you. And you just offer that freely with nothing in return. People are so grateful because that's so unusual. And again, how much time does it take for you to say, oh, you know what? You're saying you're working on, and it could be a resource. It doesn't have to be a person. Mm -hmm. I, I've met people right. who say, I want to do this 21 day green juice challenge, but I'm not sure where to start. And I could say, oh, I read this book that has 21 recipes for green juice. Let me send that over to you right now. And I'll just send it to them right then. Like, yeah. here's the link for the book on Amazon. That's super valuable. And that would take me 10 seconds. And yeah. that's just 10 extra seconds that the other person doesn't do. That really makes you stand out. Oh, there are so many great tips here for all of you to take home. I'm so appreciative, Cherise, of your wisdom, because that's really what it is. As you've gone through your own challenges, 
you've learned the importance of connections, you've learned the importance of giving first, and as a result, you've, you've established a lot of, I know, genuine connections because you have cared enough in the conversation, in the meeting, to express that you do want to help other people first. Everyone feels good about that. So <laughs> I love, I hope you all go back and listen to this again. Not only that, I would love to hear from you. What have you liked best about what you're hearing from Sharice? That would mean so much to myself and to Sharice. So go ahead and let us know in the comment area, what were your golden nuggets? What are those things, those gems, if you wanna put down pound gem and one of the great ideas that she's given you today, I think that would be wonderful. We would so appreciate it. After all, she's taken a lot of time and energy to be here with us today and let's give her a little love back, okay? Now, she's got something else to give. Speaking about giving, she has a very special gift for us. What I'm going to do is bring the link for this gift up on the screen for you and I'm also gonna let you know what it is. And then while you're writing that down, listen to her tell you why you need to go get on that link and take advantage of her special gift. So the gift is, or the gift address is hmtips.com forward slash Sharice gift. And Sharice is spelled S-H-E-R-E-E-S-E gift. hmtips.com forward slash Sharice gift. Sharice, go ahead and tell them why it would yes, benefit is, them. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited about this. One of the ways that increasing your network directly impacts your business is through getting more eyeballs on your products or services on your website, on your online courses. And so I have a free gift for you that is called the Organic Traffic Jump Starts. And it's a five-day email course that's going to walk you through some simple strategies that you can be doing. Again, it's that 10% more effort, those little low-hanging fruit type things that's going to give you the ability to start leaning on your network, making some deeper connections, and start getting more organic traffic to your products, your services, your websites, or your courses. Fabulous. Tell, tell them a little bit about how long could they expect that it would take them to go through this course? So it's a five-day email course. So it's going to come out once a day for five days. It's only going to take you five days to go through it all. And it'll only take you five days to complete it. Each day there's an assignment that's pretty short. The videos are about 15 minutes or less. Actually, I think they're more like six to 10 minutes. And the activities that you're doing are also really short. So this is meant to be a jump start to get you going really quickly and making sure you're taking advantage of all of the low-hanging fruit that you have available. All right. So it's the Organic Traffic Jumpstart. You can pick that five-day course up by going to hmtips.com forward slash Sharice Gift. So get out there and grab it. And again, let us know what you think of it. Let us know if it helped you build more organic traffic. All right, Cherise, I'm so appreciative of your spending the time with us here today and sharing your brilliance with our viewers. I'm wondering before we close, do you have any final thoughts or words you'd like to share with everyone? Yeah, the last thing I wanted to say is that I truly believe that you are only one partnership away from changing your business and changing your life. So I really encourage you to double down on relationships in this time. 
only one partnership away. So you've got so many pack your bag moments in this interview. I'm so happy for all of you for being here. But those of you who are here in replay, thank you as well. We appreciate your being here. And again, if you found the information that Sharice was sharing with us valuable, would you please help get the word out? This is another way that you can help and support each other as I bring interviewees into the show, just let other people know about it. That's how we get the word out about their brilliance. So thank you so much for being here. I look forward to seeing you all on the next Inspirational Businesswoman show. Thank you again, Cherise. And until next time, bye-bye now. Thanks so much for watching today. Do you know someone who would be a great guest for our show? Or would you like to be a guest on the Inspirational Businesswoman Show? Let's shine the spotlight on your expertise. We'll share your story while offering tips, strategies, and advice to our viewers. Expert interviews are a great way to build your reputation as the go-to expert. Go to shinetips.com forward slash IBWS to apply today. Women are waiting for your message and I can't wait to interview you.